Pray Love with Taslima Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and of course Eid Pray Love is celebrating women this month of August on this beautiful Sunday we have the young aspiring 19 year old Siri Yasin Kipi joining us in studio Assalamu alaikum Siri Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh sister Taslima So mashallah 19 years old but making big strides alhamdulillah um I I think from what I know of you, you're, you're a student of Dean, but I think it would only be fair that you give us a proper introduction to yourself. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen, Habibina wa Shafi'ina wa Mawlana Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad miftahi babi rahmatillah, adada ma fi ilmillah, Salatan wa salaman daimain bidawami mulkillah wa ala alihi wa sahabihi wa man wala. Basically, my name is Muhammad Yasin Kipi. Um, and I have been influenced by many scholars of deen. And one of the most interesting aspects of people who have studied the deen and embodied it also is that the effect and impact on other people. And especially when I was younger, um, one of the main influences in my life were women. And all of my mu'allimas, all, all female teachers, uh, up to a certain age. And it's interesting that at the age of at the age of twelve or so, um, I had a male teacher, a sheikh, at at a madrasa, you know, in the afternoon. And he was so impacted by my interaction with the fellow students that he asked me to teach, because of that qualities that I received from those women. And I think that is how education should be um, disseminated. Um, I'm currently studying at UCT. I'm studying world politics, philosophy and economics as well as Arabic. Um, my past is that I've studied Dean with Shuyukh that might be known, uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Yahya Nainawi, uh, Sheikh Siraj Hendricks, Sheikh Ali Khawfi, uh, Sheikh Fakhruddin Uwaisi, uh, Sheikh Ahmed Hendricks um, and, 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 and numerous others as well as some female teachers as well. Um, yeah. MashaAllah, that is quite a CV already, um, Sidi Yasin. And so you're studying politics and, and all of those hoping to do what? Yeah, so the reason why I'm studying the social sciences, mm-hmm. really my influence for that was Shuhab Rashid Brown. Mm-hmm. And he was someone who studied the social sciences. And not so long ago, before he had passed away, he had asked mm-hmm. me, what's going to happen to all of these people who are growing up on fast-paced video games, mm-hmm. you know, who, who are sidetracked by lots of the uh, outer forms of things and a lot of the hard sciences, the quantitative sciences, what they call it, that's being um, endeavored into. This, the subjects such as engineering and science and maths. Islam doesn't have any dichotomy between science and religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was clarified by the first re- revelation. Iqra, right? Bismi rabbika Read in the name of your Lord. This is speaking about the signs and the horizons, the knowledges that we get from Allah. There's again, Iqra, Rabbukal Akram, right? Read and your Lord is ever generous. And why is Allah the ever generous? Alladhi allama bil qalam. He taught the use of the pen. Allama al insan ma lam ya'lam. He taught us that which we didn't know. This is research knowledge and this is scientific knowledge that we come to know Allah through. 
And uh, the, the, the main reason why I'm studying the social sciences, politics, philosophy and economics is that it studies human behavior. And that's what I found in my studies of, of, of the dean, which I'm only at the beginning of, is that fiqh, you get um, fiqh al-akbar, the greater fiqh, which is an understanding of aqidah, the belief systems of people, fiqh al-furu' that those actions that we do fiqh al usul fiqh the how we derive the laws from the quran as well as fiqh al wijdan that fiqh and understanding of the human society on a spiritual level and i find that social sciences also develops that understanding holistic understanding and the prophet ﷺ said al hikma dalat al mu'min that wisdom is the last riding beast of the believer and wherever he finds it he has the right to it so that's why i'm studying at this universities uh, university of of uct i feel like sciences. asking to see your id are you sure you're 19 <laughs> subhanallah mashallah what wisdom but Obviously, we've called you also here today. You gave me such a big topic that you would want to um, women, um, focus yeah. on in terms of women. It's really um, and on Friday, you, of course, gave the lecture at Juma'a uh, as well. Are we looking at something similar today? Well, definitely. Um, one of the reasons why I decided to focus on the historical participation of women um, is because of the need for our youth, especially to be more involved in, in deen, but not how, what type of deen are we talking about? The do's mm. and don'ts? No. It's the spirit that Islam has come with. And that for me really places us in the qualities that women possess, which are mercy, compassion. And when men imbibe these qualities, they actually come to realize the full humanity. And if we, if we don't have women, we don't have men. Because women are the, are the mothers, they're the first universities. And all of these are really indicative of the fact that we are in a crisis, crisis of knowledge, crisis of adab within, within our societies. And we need to revive that revocation of women scholars within the educational frame and, 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 and the spectrum of education so that our youth and our men especially are imbibed with the same qualities that women possess. So that we may realize the full quality and all of the mujaddids, all of those who revive the, the sciences of this deen. I can go back, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, Imam Nawawi, uh, in, in our own context, um, Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi in, in, in the past, uh, Shaykh Muhammad Salih Hendricks, they were all really uh, um, imbibed with, within uh, and, and disseminated uh, from the knowledge was, was from women. You know? And this is really, especially in, in, in the South African context. Yasin, I'm going to ask you, what actually made you look at this the way you are looking at it? <coughs> okay, so, well, I said before that I was influenced a lot by women uh, mm -hmm. in my past. But I think that, for example, and like you, you especially in Cape Town and, and in some Western countries, women are removing the hijab, right? Women are removing the hijab. But the problem of that, and we should recognize that that's an obligation, but it's indicative of the fact that we have a deeper problem in society. It's not about that. It's not about the hijab itself. We aren't doing so much that we are meant to be doing. And, and as a society, we need to look at it holistically. And, and that's what Muhammad Akram Nadwi said, that the, the, the disappearance of women from our, from, our, from our religious and Islamic learning indicates a much deeper problem within the general frame of Islamic learning. And that's what I found, and I'm inspired by many women, especially to this day, um, uh, Shaykh Nawal Mani. She's really someone who's, who's, who's known, and she's, she's someone that really imbibed the importance, not only of women, 
but she really embodies that. But the importance of reviving an holistic understanding of knowledge in and of itself, if you know what I mean. Yes, indeed. Do you want to go into what your focus points were on Friday? Okay, sure. Um, I think uh, I think gender is, is a huge issue in religion in and of itself, also the human experience. And even at my university, um, there's a, a studies called gender studies. And I always, I always understand why do you need gender studies, you know? Uh, and I sat in one of the classes. I'm not, I'm not doing gender studies, but one of the problems that universities have, um, and that's why I wanted to study um, Islamic studies before, you know. And, I, and Alhamdulillah, last year I was, I spent a month with Hamza Yusuf, and and one of the things he told me that I asked him if, if it's the right to study social sciences, and one of the things he told me is that we need to go into university with an understanding of the epistemology of university. And the epistemology of university is that there's a lack of acknowledgement of various forms of knowledge. You know what I mean? And that and even in the spiritual environment within uh, um, <clears throat> university settings, I mean, I sit in front of my Sheikh, Sheikh Ahmad Hendricks. I sit like a student of knowledge should sit. He imbibes me with, uh, within me the, the hadith and the teachings that he learns from his his teacher said Muhammad Ali al-Maliki who learned from his teacher said Ali al-Maliki who learned from his father said Abbas al-Maliki up to the Sahaba up to the Prophet that transmission so has barakah in it you go into these university settings guys and girls are together they're drinking coke off empty put their feet up against the table and, and they're playing Pokemon or something I don't know what it is but that's really indicative of the fact that our entire society's problem is in its education and that's why this horrific manifestations of not understanding religion in and of itself. And it's, what's really interesting is one of the last members of the British society and Muslims that joined ISIS, mm. right? The Amazon.com did a survey and it said that the search history, the last books that they bought, university students joined ISIS, Islam for dummies, Quran for dummies. They need more religion. When the world look at, looks at the Middle East and the, and the Muslim world, especially as a non-Muslim, you'll think that Islam is to blame. Mm -hmm. Oh, Islam is oppressive to women. But if you look at it from a Muslim point of view, understanding your deen, you'll understand it's called a ad hoc um, uh, fallacy within, within logic. Uh, it is abandonment of religion. We know that these p people are not practicing their religion, their, 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 their deen. You know, and that is why we need more religion. This is this is the importance of it. we need a holistic religion, not simply the outward of religion, but also the inward aspects. Yeah. Yes, and what do you think is needed for that? Well, I think that and that's why I'm speaking about women. Mm -hmm. We must be advocates that women and religion are not mutually exclusive. You know, but we all have to be at the table. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. As men, we have to humble ourselves and allow women to take their rightful place at the table. Women have immense power and potential, you know, to do good and to be a transformative element in society. And that's why there needs to be more female influence. And I think there's a horrific, uh, horrific, sorry, horrific lack of acknowledgement in Cape Town, South Africa especially, of the contribution of women. You know, women who wrote khutbas for, for sure. You know, as I've been told, uh, and without any acknowledgement. But there are some organizations, I should say, that they are, um, that there's hope in, and we should align, align ourselves to them. I think. 
I didn't even actually realize that 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 they are actually women contributing to those hutbas. To everything. You know, I know it happens at Parliament. All the speakers that you see up in the National Assembly and stuff, most of their speeches are written by political researchers. So people mm. that study political science, like yourself, actually goes into that. Yeah. And they too, there's no real acknowledgement. But I never ever realized that there are women contributing to hutbas. That's quite an insight. Yeah. I mean, that's really amazing, and and. There's a beautiful story of an Andalusian woman. Um, yes, and of course, Sayna Aisha. I mean, well, I can I can talk about the history, and in fact, that's what I'm here for historical uh, development. Do we have time? Yes. Yes. Okay. So <coughs> now, just to look, I think that we had two extraordinary periods, uh-huh. right? You can stop me when when. No, I'm just break, in all right? that you are 19 years old. <laughs> okay. I just like Marshall. I think that we had two <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> periods within the history of Islam. Uh-huh. Okay, with regards to women, the first was the first generation without people like Um Salama, without people like Aisha, Maymuna, Radiallahu Anhunna, Khadija, and Um Habiba. A third of the Deen that we have would not exist as we know it today. That's really important. Uh, Sayyidina Aisha is is oh, is uh, narrator of two thousand hadith, Mukfirat, right? And and especially to do with to do with um, uh, Tahara. All the Sahabiyat were great, you know, but. And, and Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, he writes a book about the female companions of the Prophet and notables amongst them. And he mentions 1,500 out of 12,000, right? And other, the rest were men. But the reason why he only mentions that amount is because there were many women. And that's really because of Islamic modesty throughout the time. Indeed. You know, that they were hidden. And only Allah knows them. In fact, any lady that's listening to this right now, and she has made a contribution to society, and no one's recognizing Allah knows, you know. Indeed, <laughs> Allah knows. Indeed, and, and Allah knows. Exactly, and in terms of. So when you don't feel appreciated, just yeah. know Allah knows. <laughs> but in terms of Sayyidina Aisha's contribution, why in the 13th century Ibn Hajar, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani wrote another book um, and he mentioned 1,300 women within his day and age were scholars, right? 1,300 women. And he mentioned one, and we can go into the, the biography of this one lady, for example. Can we? Yes. Okay. Umhani, Maryam, right? Maryam, uh, uh, the Kairouin, the Shafi'ite. Right, she was the granddaughter of Muhammad Al Qayati, and when she was seven years old, he took he took her to Mecca to learn Hadith and to transmit Hadith on the Shiuk in Mecca. When she came back, she learned the six uh, books of Hadith, and she married someone called Muhammad ibn Umar bin Qutlubuha al Waktamuri, and she had four children with him: Shujaudin, Muhammad al Shafi'i, Saifuddin, Muhammad al Hanafi, Yunus al Maliki. And the fourth name is Mansur al-Hanbali. All of the four sons became fuqaha and ulama in the four madhahib. And she was, she was, she was not only she was, she was she a female scholar, she was the mother of, of scholars. When her grandfather passed away, she used inheritance money to buy a factory. She was a businesswoman who, who, who really, um, who really um, contributed to society. But what, what's really interesting about her is that all of the hadith that she transmitted, and Hajar points this out, and Imam Sahawi, in fact, points this out that it was about Tahara. Why? Because in that time, the scholars of Sham and the scholars of Egypt rejuvenated, and there was a renaissance of Sayyidina Aisha's position. And that's really important to, because when we know our history, then we can know how to go. If we need to know your roots in order to know the fruits. If you know what I mean. And and when the women were engendered with this awesomeness of Sayyidina Aisha and her contribution. And, and Sayyidina Aisha and Salama, they were not only educators 
after the death of the Prophet but during the life of the, of the Prophet and after the death they were, they were in the Masajid teaching but because of her because of her raising and, the, and elevation of her name within those societies women flourished and after that what's really interesting after that Women practically disappeared from the female scholarship. Uh, Al-Ghazi, in the, in the 16th century, he only mentions 12 women in, his, in the Tabaqat literature. In, in the 17th century, um, Al-Muhibbi, he only mentions two. Al-Muradi in the 17th century or the 18th century only mentions one. And, and Al-Baytari mentions like four women. Why is that? We don't really know. Because of the fact that, and, and oh, sorry, any scholar, well, any person who studies this deen knows that the 13th century is where everything took a descent, right? Everything took a descent. And we don't really know why, but I think that because of the lack of women scholars at the time, there was also a direct correlation to why men scholars also depreciated, and the quality especially. And what we should realize and we should definitely acknowledge this is that what we have today, the joy of Islam that we have within, throughout the world and in Cape Town also, is from the fruits of their labor and we have to ask ourselves what are we going to do what are we sending forward to those generation after us if you know what i mean and, and so that's really important and with the rise of the within those societies because in aisha was such an important figure the 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 the, the there was a direct upliftment and correlation with regards to female scholarships and and women in our societies have to realize that they have a real responsibility why because in the day in, in the world today there's so much western media supporting isis like regimes everything to do with islam isis right mm -hmm. okay oh this, i in fact my my own professors right i really into, I have, I have atheists uh, teaching me ethics when you ask them about the views about islam oh that's a backward religion oh that's a stupid religion it's oppressive to women have you ever read the quran no. <laughs> Have you ever read the hadith? No. Uh, then where did they get that from? People, just from observing Muslim societies. Mm. Of women are set aside. I mean, a lot of this has to do with culture. And we have and to realize what, that. what media tends to put out also. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you, if, you, if you culture and the societies as a basis for religion, there's definitely a disconnect. If we view Christian societies for the last 2,000 years, have we seen turn the other cheek? Did, did America turn the other cheek when they went into Iraq? Killed all those people. The the basis of the of the Torah, according to Rabbi Hilal, who's one of the greatest uh, Jewish rabbis, he says that the basis of the Jewish tradition is to love thyself and love uh, love God and love thy neighbor as thyself. Tell me, do, oh, do we see gosh. the Jews practicing that to their Palestinian neighbors? So does that mean that the that Judaism or Christianity or the Jewish book Torah or the Bible is invalid as a book based on what the people are doing? No. The problem is people like to apply logic to other than themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's really what's happening. And there needs to be a revival and a continuation. And we need to discover those humulis, you know, those people that are hidden within our society in order to revive them, revive those female scholars. And I know some of them and I didn't mention them, uh, but I, I, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> You know, Yasin, we need to go in for a ad break, but I think you are a revival in itself, subhanAllah. But let's go in for an ad break and inshallah we'll be back soon. The voice of the Eat, pray, love. With the Slima Ali.
Welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And if you've just joined us, we have the young aspiring 19-year-old Sidi Yasin Kipi in studio with us. And he's blowing my mind away uh, to think that at 19 years old, mashallah, I think sitting across him in studio, I need to say I am hoping that so much of our youth are actually listening. And I'm actually hoping that so much of our youth are able to look at Islam with eyes like this. Yasin, you've been making, like, you know, really acknowledging the women in society and across the generations in their contribution to society and the community. Um, I don't want you to lose actually what your, your, your main message. And so I'm going to sit back and allow you to do so within the next seven minutes, inshallah. Okay, so basically the, fundam- the fundamental point that I'm trying to, I've been trying to make is that once we accept the the template mm-hmm. right for gender arguments proposed by western secular modernity we've lost the battle because then we'll be dealing with the real inequalities within the sharia from the secular mind but from our point of view our own argument the religious mind what we are interested in is how the sharia secures real equality not the unattainable illusory equality in the world but real quality which is equality of the spirit and the soul and because i mean to to these secular humanists we're all lumps of flesh destined for the graveyard isn't so any discussion that we have on gender issues in islam we have to get away from the secular paradigm and move towards the islamic insistence that what counts are the things of allah and the meaning within his creation and nowhere in our theology nowhere in our spirituality can we see any sight of the prioritization of the male of the female and once we have that clear in our minds then we can start to look at the sharia and understand it in its true perspective one of the last things that i want to say is that if you look outwardly at the situation that we have sure men have certain qualities that women don't have and are superior to women but only in the outward because they the physicalities that are different right and one of the the things about the olympics now is that there's an increase in in sport related injuries for women I'm not talking. I'm not saying women can't play sports, but they're rough in contact sports. Why? Because the modern society, and Shabdul Hakim Murad mentions, it's not my own words. Shabdul Hakim Murad mentions that when we have a society that's trying to prioritize the the female and male competition on the outward, then we have uh, a society that overachieves on that so much so that it creates an extremely difficult situation for the women because they compelled to compete with the men in areas that they were never meant to compete with. In Islam, there is a competition there. And it's not in the outward, it's in the inward. And it's interesting that the women are at an advantage. Women cry easily, men can't. And that's why the Prophet said, if you can't, if you can't cry in front of Allah, then fake it. You know, women have this rahmah. And it's interesting that, I mean, the, the original word for, for man in, in English comes from the Germanic word mensch, which is the male and the female. It's the idea of the human being, right? But the woman is the man with a womb. That's the thing. It's the man with the womb. And the word for womb in Arabic is rahmah, is rahm. Right, mm-hmm. which comes from the, the word rahmah, mercy and compassion, and the womb is also an expression of the creative power of Allah. Because the greatest thing that you can do as a mother is to raise a child who is not only a benefit to the society around you, but to humanity and to Islam at large. That's really the importance. And because you really you 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 deciding the future of the universe, and 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 also as a society, we have to understand that the role of women 
And in fact, I don't like the word role. I like the word purpose. Mm-hmm. The purpose of women are the same, is the same purpose as men. The purpose is to, to, before you die, to know Allah, to have direct connection to the Lord of the, of the universe, of the heavens and the earth. But, and children is not, if someone tells you, the role of you, the woman is to have, you know, child, that's an utter lie. Children are a powerful path to Allah. And they're spiritual teachers. They teach us purity and a state that we were once in. And that's why those who those childless women, what's wrong with that? And and, and, and as 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 a society, we have to get around this notion that you can't. Uh, oh, you have to have that's the purpose of your life, and that you can't adopt. Also, Prophet mm-hmm. is orphan. Adoption is is really important within our society. Is raising orphans, and and I know a couple that infertile infer, infertile person, and, and 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 she was saying that. When she went to a community saying that she was an adopter, in fact, her husband told me this, that they had a negative impact. This haram, it's haram, you can't do this, you can't do that, right? The, the sharia, you can't, there's do's and don'ts of the sharia, basically. Mm. But what about the spirit of the sharia? What was the Prophet Is he central in your, in your life? You know, and the last thing I want to mention that we really need to um, stress and emphasize is the male treatment of women within our societies. Because the, the more we suppress our women, and it's a really, it's a, it's a real issue, abuse of women, this jahiliya, right, that, that this, that's happening. Imam Ghazali mentions in the Ihya, in book 20, um, 20 of the Ihya. That he would mend his own sandals, he would sew his own clothes, he would serve his family in the in the homes, and he would cut the meat with his wives. And wayakni sulbait, he used to sweep in the house. So especially for the men, the delusion that manhood of manhood being not to lift a finger in the house, right? And right, we we're talking about the master of men, Sayyidul Rijal, who is Rasulullah sallallahu So that's really important, and. The Prophet ﷺ said two hadiths. The one is La yukrimuhunna illa karimun wa la yuhinahunna illa la'in That only noble men honor women and only wretched, um, just sick men dishonor women. The Prophet ﷺ also said Khayrukum khayrukum li ahli wa yaqul ana khayrukum li ahli That the best of men are, the best of you are those who are best of their families. And he said I am the best to my family. The criterion the Prophet ﷺ put to what the best of people are and the best of men, not about how much Quran you recite, not about how big your beard is, it's not about the hajjud, it's about the relationship with the woman around you. And personally, for me, uh, the, I, I have lots of love for those people around me, uh, especially especially the women. But there needs to be, a, and I, I myself, there needs to be a, a better treatment of them and a manifestation of of really those qualities that Allah wants from us because they are the source of mercy in the world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Astaghfirullah, the Prophet said, Ar-Rahimuna yarhamuhumur Rahman. Those who show mercy will receive mercy. Irhamu man fir ard, have mercy on those on earth. Irhamkum man fir sama, and mercy will descend upon you from above. And the place of the mercy is the rahm, the womb of, 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 of the women in our societies. And that is where we should look at. Tilka ummatun khalat. Those are societies in the past, they've reaped what they sow. It's upon us to, re, uh, to, to sow for the future and to reap the benefits in the year after. Jazakum khair. 
I'm going to say that this is the reason why you should take the time out and actually listen to the youth take time out because I know myself I've been sitting here right now and I've been learning lessons. Yasin Kipi only 19 years old we're going to go for an ad break but really may Allah bless your mother. Eat, pray, love with Taslima Ali. Welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. It's been Eat, Play, Love with you from 4 until 6 p.m. That is every Saturday and Sunday. And subhanAllah, we've had a wonderful guest in studio with us, the young and aspiring Yasin Kipi. Yasin, shukran so much for joining us. But also during the break, you were telling me that you would like to invite so many more youth to engage with you. You want to tell me about that quickly? Okay, basically the... It's not good enough for us to speak about things, and action should be taken, especially if we if we have concerns about the ummah and, and the society around us. And Imam Ghazali said that in every age there are found those youth who are talented and advanced in learning, who are well-read and endowed with knowledge, who can turn their homes and their societies into places of ibadah to Allah, right? And th- these are the people that we need to be. This, most of the Sahaba were youth in the beginning. Prophet said, the youth gave me victory while the, while the elders denied me. Now, the, 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 the meaning of adab, to put a thing in its correct place, adab, to have mercy to the, to, to the youth and to have respect for the elders. We are living in a society that we need to understand the functions of each of the people within our societies. And I feel that um, you, can, you can add me on Facebook if you want, <laughs> yes, in Kipi, or you can take my, 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 my salary number, my phone number, um, because I want to create a movement, and, and we need to, and mm-hmm. we, we really need this. Um, but I honestly me. believe, Yasin, the company that you sit in actually grows you. And who would not want to be in the company of those that grows you towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So just mm-hmm. once again, that Facebook, um, your details, can you just spell it out? So you okay. spell Yasin how? Yeah, Yasin is spelled Y-A-S-E-E-N. Okay. My surname is Kippy, K-I. Double P I E. Okay. Um, my cell phone number is O seven two four double seven six five seven six. The number again? O seven two four double seven six five seven six. One more thing that I want to say is that I'm I, I'm like an email that you just forward, <laughs> uh, and and yeah. I think that um, this is. Uh, at least I'm, I'm in the beginning, but um, what I would like to do is thank my teachers and the people I'm sitting with. Sheikh Siraj Hendricks, Sheikh Ahmad Hendricks, Ali Khalfi, Mawlana Mu'adh Mani, Sheikh Mani, and all of these luminaries of our age, and we should attach ourselves to them because they not only come with ilm, but also with barakah. And, and I think we need barakah in our lives. And Cape Town has been a place of barakah. Jazakumullah khair. Um, Yasin, absolutely inspiring, only 19 years old and today really inviting us all into realizing that value of women on Eat, Pray, Love on Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. I need to say shukran to you, Yasin, for joining us. Thank you. And may Allah bless you and pave your path with lots of nur and barakah as well, Amen. inshallah. And really a big dua goes out to your mother and all of those that have influenced you into this growth at 19 years old. So much of wisdom and the ability to see 
of course it's a rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but may so many of our youth come into your company and be able to do the same inshallah ameen